0: Romans 1, verse 21. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with our world? You look at things that happen in our world, the the shootings we've experienced, the celebrities and politicians tied up in scandal after scandal. Things that are personal, like divorce that happen in our families. I mean, how can two people who love each other, who say I do, who bear their souls to one another, who have children together, how can, how can they divorce? How can they get to that point? What is wrong with our world? Something small like a, a teenage girl who has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend keeps cheating on her over and over again, and she keeps going back to him over and over again, something kind of humorous, but also sad like that. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with our world? Well, Romans 1 and 2 tell us what is wrong. Paul diagnoses the human race in Romans 1 and 2 in a pretty brutal manner. In Romans 1, he talks about the people out there and their sins, and in Romans 2, just when we're feeling good about ourselves, he says that we're just the same. The people inside the church are the same, and we're even worse because we have the scriptures and because we should know better. And not only that, but we are judgmental on the very things that we struggle against. But in Romans 1, Paul tells us what is wrong. Look at verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, this chapter goes on and on and on in a brutal manner where Paul he just unpacks all kinds of sins of idolatry, sins of sexual nature, sins of strife, sins of gossip, brutal stuff but I want you to notice what it all starts with in verse 21. Look at that little phrase right there. They did not honor him as God or what? Give thanks to him. All of the sin begins with the sin of ingratitude. It all begins with not giving thanks. Meister Eckhart was a 14th century Mystic theologian, German theologian, and he wrote this amazing quote here If the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. If the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it will be enough. Maybe thinking, well, we're supposed to praise God in our prayers. But if we praise God in our prayers from a spirit of gratitude, we can thank God for creation and thank God for displaying His beauty all around us. We're supposed to confess our sins in prayer. But if you start from a spot of gratitude, we can thank the Lord for not a second or a third or a fourth chance, but a hundredth chance, a thousandth chance, chance after chance. Favor, grace, the very sins that we cannot forget, God cannot remember. As he says that in Scripture. I will no longer remember your sins. And so we can give thanks. In the spirit of confession, we can even give thanks when we're praying for our own needs or when we say we're going to pray for someone else. When you tell someone you're going to pray for them, a great way to pray for your brother, for your sister, for whoever you've told you're going to pray for them is by just giving thanks specifically for things about them for which you are grateful. You could pray a long time in that way. And so as I was thinking about this message, about the fact that these sins start with not giving thanks, I was thinking, you know, the next two weeks or so as we go into Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, let's spend the next two weeks just having a spirit of gratitude, of thanksgiving, of being intentional about that. And then I thought about our Thanksgiving table tradition in the better's house. And I know a lot of you have this same tradition where everyone goes around the table and says what they're thankful for. And, you know, that can be a a, a blessing, but it can also be a very painful and awkward time, right? Because we're not used to doing that. And many times, by the time you get to the last person, you're very thankful that you're almost done being thankful. And so, you know, we don't know how to be grateful people, we don't know how to give thanks in the way we're commanded to. I mean, we can't even receive it when we go out to dinner with someone. We go out to dinner with someone and they wanna pay the bill, and what do you do? You say, no, I'll take it, they say, no, I'll take it, you try to argue over it, and then what happens once they finally pay for it, what do you say? I'll get you the next time. Because we live in a transactional, conditional culture and so we don't even know how to receive praise. We don't know how to receive thanks. What is wrong with us? Because it isn't just two weeks of Thanksgiving that we need. It isn't just two minutes around a table at Thanksgiving dinner. It's a whole orientation of our lives, of our hearts, so that we're no longer complainers and criticizers. We're no longer discontent and miserable. Don't you want to be free that way? Don't you want to live from a spot of gratitude, from a place of thanksgiving? Can you imagine? Many times we say things like that, and it sounds so restrictive, when the reality is, is that's freeing. It's freeing to live from that place over and over. So I was looking at some verses on giving thanks, and I went to the scriptures to see what is said about gratitude, and within 20 seconds... Of searching, I found these, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 5. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians here, a lousy, lousy church, a terrible church, all kinds of problems, and yet he says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks. Second Corinthians 9.11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Psalm 9, one. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Ephesians 1.15-16, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you Remembering you in my prayers. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Listen to this one carefully. Give thanks in all circumstances. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There it is. There is the law of God when it comes to gratitude. That's what's required of us. All the time, in everything, give thanks. Not two minutes around the Thanksgiving table, not for two weeks you know, when we make kind of a a promise we're going to be thankful for a couple of weeks, but all the time, in everything, in every circumstance, give thanks, all the time, in thought, word, and deed. That's the law of God. That is what the perfect, good law of God requires of us during good times and bad. I mean, imagine how freeing, like I said, that would be if you could actually live like that. What kind of person would you be? And, you know, Paul takes it further in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He takes it even further because so many times, what do we say? We say, what is God's will for my life? Some people will spend months and months, maybe years, trying to figure out what God's will is for your life. And Paul tells us right here, God's will for you, I can tell you with 100% certainty, is for you to give thanks in everything that God brings into your life. Another question we ask around here a lot is what does it look like to be nothing but Jesus' people? Well, Paul tells you that again right here because he adds in 1 Thessalonians five eighteen at the end, in Christ Jesus. Give thanks. This is the will of God for all of you, for all of me, and this is the will of God for us to give thanks in all circumstances. So, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I'm like Paul in Romans seven, when he says, what a wretched man I am, who will save me? You're thinking to yourself, I'm I'm grateful, I'm, I'm a thankful person, I'm this, I'm that. No, you're not, and I'm not. None of us are, according to the scriptures. We're not. Give thanks in all circumstances. Just do it, give thanks. It's not really just do it moment, but it's really an it is finished moment. It's an it is finished moment. Jesus was the only one who truly gave thanks, according to the scriptures that we just read. You know, anytime you see something in the scriptures, especially in the gospels, where in the four gospels you see something happen, again and again and again, all four times in all four Gospels, you take note. So like the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the Gospel. That's in its own way in all four Gospels. Luke, he took a little bit while, he took a little bit longer to get to it. Um, He got to it in Acts, in Acts chapter 1, but it's still there. So that's very, very important. We need to know about that. Well, there's another thing that's there four times, and that's Communion. That's the words of institution is what it's called. And as I was studying these this past week, I was looking at them and I noticed a similarity in each instance. In each instance, Jesus says something. He does something. Matthew 26, 26 to 29. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, After giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples. Mark 14, 22, and as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, said, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, there it is again, the creator of the world is giving thanks for the creation. Luke 22, 15 to 20, and he said to them, this is my body given for you. 1 Corinthians 11, the same thing happens. And perhaps most strikingly is while the disciples were on what we call the road to Emmaus, the Emmaus road. Jesus has been crucified. It's the day after, the morning after. Perhaps Sunday morning, we're not really certain exactly when it was. But it was after Jesus had been resurrected, certainly. So, yeah, it was on Sunday. And so Jesus is walking along this road with two of his disciples and he's, he's speaking with them and they're downtrodden because Jesus has died. And so obviously they don't know that this is Jesus they're walking with. And it's not until later on that their eyes are opened. Luke 24 or 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. It was when Jesus took the bread, and it was when he gave thanks that they knew that that was Jesus. So as we come today to the table, as we come forward, I want to ask you what it is that you need to bring to Jesus, because... The only way that we're going to be a thankful, grateful people is not through a just do it mentality. It's through Jesus. It's through living in Jesus. It's through nothing but Jesus. I mean, I believe in this so much. I've seen it in people's lives, I've seen it in my own life where we push everything else aside. It all needs to go, except for Jesus. All of it. You're not going to become a grateful, thankful, content person apart from Jesus, from a nothing-but-Jesus approach.